text 3. In the west, where the river Sindhu meets the sea, there is a great place of pilgrimage known as Narayana Saras. Many sages and other, others advance in spiritual consciousness live there. Text 4 and 5. In that holy place, the Hayashas began regularly touching the lake's waters and bathing in them, gradually becoming very much purified, they became inclined toward the activities of Paramahamsas. Nevertheless, because their father had ordered them to increase the population, they performed severe austerities to fulfill his desires. One day, when the great sage Narada saw those boys performing such fine austerities to increase the population, Narada approached them. Text 6 to 8. The great sage Narada said, My dear Hayashvas, you have not seen the extremities of the earth. There is a kingdom where only one man lives and when, uh, where there is a hole from which Having entered, no one emerges. A woman there who is extremely unchaste adorns herself with various attractive addresses and the man who lives there is her husband. In that kingdom, there is a river flowing in both directions, a wonderful home made of 25 materials, a swan that vibrates various sounds, and an automatically revolving object made of sharp razors and thunderbolts. You have not seen all this, and therefore you are inexperienced boys without advanced knowledge. How then will you create progeny? Purport, Narayanmuni saw that the boys known as the Hayashwas were already purified because of living in that holy place and were practically ready for liberation. Why then should they become encouraged to become entangled in family life, which is so dark that once having entered it, one I cannot leave it. Uh, through this analogy, Narayanmuni asked them to consider why they should follow their father's order to be entangled in family life. Indirectly, he asked them to find within the cause of their hearts the situation of the super soul, Lord Vishnu, for then they would truly be experienced. In other words, one who is too involved in his material environment and does not look within the core of his heart is increasingly entangled in the illusory energy. Narayanmuni's purpose was to get the sons of Prajapati Daksha to divert their attention towards spiritual realization instead of involving themselves in the ordinary but complicated affairs of propagation. The same advice was given by Prahlad Maharaj in the dark well of family life, one is always full of anxiety because of having accepted a temporary body. One wants to free himself from this anxiety want you to immediately leave family life and take shelter of the Supreme Personality of God in Vrindavan. Narayanmuni advised the Hayashras not to enter household life. Since they already advanced in spiritual knowledge, why should they be entangled in that way? 
So, uh, this section continues on, Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, in regard to uh, Prajapati Daksha. Prajapati Daksha, a long story you've been reading in the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam. It goes all the way back to, I uh, remember, the uh, fourth canto, isn't it? Daksha Jagya, and uh, all the cursing and counter curses. <laughs> long story with uh, but, but, uh, of course, Daksha had a very exalted personality. He's one of the uh, uh, Manasaputra of Lord Brahma directly from the mind of Brahma, born from all different parts of his body, was Daksha. Daksha was born from the thumb, the thumb of, uh, of Lord Brahma. And uh, uh, so he was a very exalted personality. And Lord Brahma uh, uh, appointed him the chief of the Pajatis. Yeah, so he was a very exalted position. Uh, uh, there's one story actually that uh, before the uh, the big Yajna, that uh, Lord Brahma, <coughs> the Lord Brahma had actually asked Daksha because he was concerned that he was entrusted with increasing the population of the universe. But Lord Shiva, who, who had already appeared, was at that time uh, living the life of a great yogi, uh, single, like Brahmachari. Brahmachari Yogi, and he was very much against the family life and uh, almost uh, not resentful, but uh, he was didn't very much approve that the leaders of the universe were becoming married and increasing the population. He thought that everyone should be involved in tapasya and uh, in, uh, in, you know going for the liberation mukti. So uh, Lord Brahma, he thought there would be a very difficult position to increase the population of the universe if Lord Shiva is not favorably disposed to this, this situation. So better if we can convince him to become married would be better. <laughs> there are stories like that from the Puranas. That better he's married than he's like uh, one of us. <laughs> because when he gets, it's very difficult. Uh, uh, so some have tried. He actually, uh, I think the story was that even Kamadev went with his wife and tried to uh, persuade him, but with no success. And then uh, Lord Brahma asked the Daksha that you uh, pray. There's different versions of the story, but anyway, I'll tell the one that I'm saying now that, uh, that he asked him to pray to Ma Parashakti, Mahashakti, uh, who actually is the eternal wife of Lord Shiva, that uh, she become Daksha's daughter. And so, uh, although Daksha and his wife had many daughters, and many, and many daughters, that, uh, they went for tapasya to uh, appreciate the descent of the Mahaparashakti, Mahashakti, as their daughter. So after a long time, she appeared and she said, yes, all right, I will continue everything, that I will uh, come as your daughter and, uh, and uh, I will Marry Lord Chief. But if you ever disrespect me in the future, I will give up that body and take another body. So, this is the story. So, then actually, so Adaksha had undergone great austerity.
to get the Maha Shakti as his daughter. But finally she came, and there's a whole uh, leela there, how uh, um, she went, she underwent also Papasya, meditating on Lord Shiva. And then uh, uh, somebody went there to inform Lord Shiva about uh, marrying again. And uh, he said that, well, uh, actually it was uh, <coughs> uh, Brahma and, uh, and, then, and then also Lord Vishnu who, who went there to convince him. And then he said, well, if I become mad, she will have to be like a yogini, like I am a yogi. She would have to be very nice, like I am like that. So, oh yes, there's one very suitable girl like that. And so, he came to know, and then he went there to, to see her, and she was doing the kapatsya thing, so he was immediately attracted. They were turning the lady. And so, uh, they were married. <coughs> So in that way, I tell this story because, uh, interestingly enough, uh, later on, uh, Dacha, who was a very exalted person, a very affordable personality, did so much tapasya uh, to get the Dhamma Shakti as his daughter, uh, but, uh, and she informed him that if ever he offended her, she would give up that thought. But still, out of, uh, when, he, when he organized that big yagya, and all the devas were there, and he came in. And we know that the Lord Brahma was there, all the big devas were there. Lord Shiva was there in meditation. And then when he, Lord Daksha came in, I looked, uh, oh, everyone stood. And, and Lord Brahma uh, welcomed him. But Lord Shiva, being in meditation, he didn't stand. So he thought that this was very insulting, that now Lord Shiva had married his daughter, which made him, socially speaking, in a subordinate position. He's the son-in-law but he's forgetting the actual position of Lord Shiva. So, in a, you know, we know that he, we read in the, uh, in the fourth canto, and, uh, and uh, the whole history how he became uh, very offended uh, by uh, Lord Shiva, that he didn't stand up and offer respect, as everyone else did. And so he spoke against uh, uh, Lord Shiva, some very heavy words. And you can read in the fourth canto what he actually said against Lord Chief, some very, very heavy, some very sharp words, and Prabhupada comments that. Uh, due to pride, uh, one becomes, uh, very, can become very uh, envious, and, become, and, and anger uh, comes up very easily. So uh, when one is angry, uh, then one can do all sorts of uh, abominable things. So Daksha, forgetting everything, uh, criticized Lord Shiva, and then uh, after he finished, uh, he left. And Lord Shiva was uh, very sorry to hear that. He didn't uh, uh, do anything. And uh, uh, he was uh, very tolerant. And, and, uh, and Prabhupada comments actually a Vaishnava is always, always very tolerant. That's why later on we'll read how uh, Daksha again uh, curses uh, Naramuni and, uh, because he uh, took these sons to the path of the Paramahansa and then the second set of sons that or was the name of Savalashas. Again, Daksha had uh, 1,000 more sons, and then these ones also. <coughs> so Daksha was angry with <coughs> Naramuni that again, you know, he frustrated his purpose and he cursed him. Uh, but of course, Nara uh, took it, you know, you will always have one and everything, and suddenly you will read the curse. But um, Nara took it as a great blessing. And Prabhupada also mentions there that the Naramuni is very fixed in his tolerance. And he mentions about um, 
Lord Shiva, they were always very tolerant. Vaishnav is always so. This is an interesting point because tolerance is one of the great qualities of the Vaishnava, and it comes uh, from situating oneself in the Sattva Guna, the mode of goodness, and especially in the Sutta Sattva, the pure goodness. It is not easily acquired, especially in Kali Yuga, where the people are more in the mode of ignorance and uh, passion. And uh, forbearance and tolerance are some of the qualities, the great transcendental uh, saintly qualities of the Vaishnavas. So, uh, a, a prop I mentioned later on that the Narayuni was fixed in his tolerance. That means that sometimes someone is tolerant in one situation, but in another situation, not tolerant. Someone can be like that, oh, they tolerated this, but then uh, not tolerant, you know, become angry in another situation. But Narayuni is fixed in his tolerance, and Lord Shiva always, that means that always, of course, uh, you know, as far as later on, when uh, Sati uh, um, <coughs> gave up her body, then uh, um, Lord Shiva didn't tolerate that, but that's as far as someone else, and that's as far as the great Sati is concerned. And as far as himself, he was always tolerant. He tolerated, he didn't say anything, and then he also left. We read that uh, whole sequence of events, that Dakshya left and then Lord Shiva left. And then, and then you know, all the Nandi stood up and he said something, another said something back and then it became a disaster, a disastrous situation. Uh, so, uh, at that, uh, now later on, of course, Daksha was holding another Jagya, and we know the story that he didn't even invite Lord Shiva at all. And uh, this was a great offense. So, uh, Sati had wanted to go and wanted uh, her husband to come even though they were not invited. So Lord Shiva, he didn't want to go. He said, actually, when one is not invited, even from a relative, even a father, uh, it's not very advisable to go. But she wanted to go. She presented so many reasons that so many others are going. But properly explained, the actual reason was that she wanted that her husband, husband be actually properly respected. She went there to see if he was um, being given proper respect. And so she went there, and when she saw all that, and when her, her own father just ignored her, didn't even acknowledge her presence, then she became angry. And others wanted to, you know, her followers who came with her wanted to take action, and she said, no, no, I'll give up this body. So again, I go back to that story that uh, she had told Daksha, having... <coughs> You know, done so much to Pasya to get the Mahashakti as his daughter. Uh, we see how he treated Lord Shiva. Now, now Prabhupada explains that uh, this was due to some envy, the real reason. Of course, Daksha gave some, oh, he, he's not very clean, unclean habits, he's ruining the reputation, and so many reasons. But the real reason is that Lord Shiva is honored even above Daksha. So Daksha had become a little puffed up. And uh, or massively puffed up, and, uh, uh, and because he was the leader of the Pajali. So Lord Shiva uh, was in a more exalted position. So within his heart, uh, he bore a, 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 you know, resentment for Lord Shiva that uh, he was even more exalted, even though he was a, a son-in-law. So he was worshipped even more than Daksha himself was worshipped. So that built up, built up. When one holds that in the heart, it builds up. It builds up and then it comes out 
at some point or many times. And so, so it happened. And so Dasha had that, that feeling against Lord Shiva. But we see how he lost his uh, temper and became angry and spoke many harsh words. But great personalities like Narad Muni, Lord Shiva himself, didn't do anything. This takes a lot of advancement in Christian consciousness to come to this point. A lot of, lot of, to be forbearing, to be tolerant, uh, takes a lot of advancement. And, then, and one can come to this level actually really only in Christian consciousness by purifying the soul, purifying, uh, lifting all the coverings of the mode of especially ignorance and passion. Then these qualities can come up more and more and more. So anyway, going back, so a little bit of history there in as far as Dutcher. And so Dutcher, of course, he did another journey. Sati had uh, 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 given up her body, and then, of course, we know that uh, Lord Shiva became angry and plucked the hairs, and uh, was it, uh, uh, Lord Virabhadra, and also on the other side, Mahatma, Maha, the Shakti, not the Mahashakti, but uh, like an expansion of Durga, and then they went there. To, uh, and everyone was killed, and even Dutcher, Dutcher himself, Virabhadra, uh, took off his head and threw it in the fire. Threw it in the fire. Uh, so, uh, later on, the Lord Shiva came, and uh, uh, they wanted to finish the journey. And then he joined, he got the uh, goat's head and uh, put it on the head of the body of Dutcher. So we know the story. So Dutcha, sometimes when you go to India you see Dutcha depicted in paintings and sometimes on the temples with a goat's head. He had the goat's head. And so when he, when he came back to life, all of a sudden he had the realisation what a great offence uh, he had committed and he begged forgiveness from Lord Shiva. He was actually, you know, he repented. He was purified by the mercy of Lord Shiva and then he, uh, with the, the goat's head, so he had a life, and it's mentioned that, that the, the, the incident of the uh, uh, Daksha Jagya was in one Mangantar, which was Swambu Mangantar, and then uh, he lived a long time with the goat's head. <laughs> and then another Mangantar, Chakrasham Mangantar, he came back again, uh, and uh, the son of the Prachetas, wasn't it? That wasn't the story told him? Uh, the Prachetas, and the ten sons of King Prachinibhaja. Uh, they went for the Pasya, and then when they came out in the ocean, all the trees were there. We were just talking about that. And they became angry at the trees, and then the trees had brought up one uh, daughter uh, upside, or she'd been in Marisha, Marisha was with her. And she would offer uh, to the Prachetas as like a shared wife, shared wife. And so uh, they took her as their wife, and, uh, and then within them, uh, within her, Daksha took birth again. Now, Prabhupada comments, just see for his offence, Daksha, uh, that born originally as a very high, one of the original Manasaputra, uh, mind sons of Lord Brahma, then due to his offence had to take a, then, then had a goat's head, uh, not very auspicious. Usually the goat in the Yagyas, although uh, we don't follow this thing, but in the Yagyas, goats are offered in the, 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 in the sacrifice, goats and other animals like that. And, uh, and of course, uh, it's said that one should not do these things, uh, but they, they are offered, and they, generally their heads are separated, and the heads are offered. But uh, 
Go ahead, head off to the D when you're flying this uh, um, So, um, anyway, you have to have that goat's head for a long time. And then, and then proper comments, then you have to take birth in a womb. Now, the original birth uh, was just from the mind of Brahma, from how he appeared in the body. And then the second birth, and he, Prabhupada actually says that, uh, this was, see what happens when you commit offense against great, great souls, like, especially someone like Lord Shiva, that he had to get the goat's head, and then he had to take birth again. Uh, before, he was the great Dutcher that was born directly from Brahma, not ordinary, didn't have to take ordinary birth, then in the womb, again come like that. So this is the, the result. And I use the sword that I'm a workman associated with Chahanti Sampi Sam, whom some of the and I was giving a class at the, I think in Canberra, yeah, I was quoting this verse from the Summa Bhagavatam. Uh, when I, you know, this is uh, when a man persecutes great souls, all his benedictions of longevity, beauty, fame, religion, blessings, and promotion to higher planets uh, will be destroyed. So, uh, one has to be very, very careful uh, committing the uh, offences. So, Prabhupada says, yeah, the, all these situations at Dacha, uh, uh, he had to, because of offences against great personalities. And, uh, and uh, due to anger, one commits all sorts of uh, uh, very, very uh, uh, less intelligent and uh, sometimes atrocious activities. Uh, anyway, so we, we, we read here that uh, Daksha had the sons Hayashvas, uh, um, and uh, they were very nice boys, very qualified boys. Ten thousand. Daksha, the word Daksha means one who was very expert in uh, progeny. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, so they're very uh, powerful individuals. They can have like thousands and thousands of children. Not possible for the people of Kaliyuga on Earth. But these great, you know, powerful entities, Daksha was very expert in these affairs. So we had ten thousand sons, and here it is mentioned they are all very gentle. Uh, they are all very obedient to the father, to the orders of the father, uh, and uh, they went to perform tapasya, and they went to a place called Narayana Saras. Now this Narayana Saras that still exists, and I was thinking of going there one time, and it was just up in the I don't know for some who's from Gujarat here, but. Uh, when I was went to the Dwarka, just right up above Dwarka, uh, and right in the far corner of India, just on the near the border of Pakistan, it's now called now more commonly known now as Narayana Sarova. Narayana Sarova. And uh, right in the corner there, and, uh, when you look at the map of India, right on the western side, and uh, right near the border of Pakistan is this place called uh, Narayana Sarova. So it's just the Dwarka is a little bit down below and, uh, and all the different holy places uh, as you go to the coast there, the Arabian Sea is there and you can go to the So I did uh, a few trips there when I went to Dwarka and I was looking at that, but, but uh, it was a little bit, you have to go a little bit around and around again. Uh, so that, that's a very famous holy place, big lake there. And it is said that in the Puranic times there's one history where the sages were there, there was one drought, very long drought, and it was barren land. And so the, the, the sages did one yajna to uh, and prayed to Lord Vishnu, and Lord Vishnu was very satisfied. He came there and he put his toe on the ground, and one day, many big lake was created. And so, from that time, it's considered a very holy place. One of the, uh, I think, there's a considered the, the five very holy lakes in India, uh, Pushkar is the one, and 
into different holy lakes in India, and that place is considered one of the five holy lakes of India. And so to go there, very, very auspicious to go to that place. And so the boys went there, and uh, they went to this uh, Narayan Saras, or Narayan Sarova, and the one river, but then, as I said, there was a drought, so it was made, the lake came there. I think there's, there's supposed to be more than one lake there, uh, now, Narayan Saras, but um, anyway, many sages and others advanced in spiritual consciousness live there, actually live there, like in the present day. So that, that place, the Hayashvas went there, and so in that place, they have to regularly touch the lake's waters and bathing in the waters. It's very holy to go there. One is said to have to go for the uh, touching, paying obeisance and going for the bath in the lake there. Very auspicious. So by regularly doing that, one becomes purified. And here we say, yeah, and they very gradually become very much purified. Uh, and they became inclined toward the activities of Paramahansa. When one becomes purified, uh, you turn more to the spiritual things. Uh, you know, you turn, you turn, uh, mind turns away from the material activity. So they, they had received the uh, order uh, that uh, uh, go there and, uh, and, uh, and increase, uh, you know, have nice progeny. So interestingly enough, in the ancient time, to have nice children, uh, they did tapasya, they practiced uh, 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 austerities and, uh, and they try to develop their spiritual consciousness to have nice children. And uh, this is very much recommended. We know uh, in the Vana and Ashram uh, that uh, there are different uh, samskaras, there's general samskaras uh, for, the, uh, for all of the Vanas and, uh, and the Ashrams and there's, uh, uh, and there's specific ones for uh, the Brahmas and the Chakras and the Vaishyas and the Sudras also and also for the Brahmachari and the Grihastas, the different samskaras. Uh, uh, before the birth, the Gavadana samskara is another, and chanting and all that, you can do all different uh, samskaras. We were just uh, giving a class on Wupanim uh, and the next day was the festival of uh, uh, Jagannath Mishra where he observed the Jatakarma and after a few more days, Nam Karma, Jatakarma means welcoming the baby in the world and you can have the Yagya Pukhan. These are all different samskaras. Uh, you put the, uh, actually at the time of the Jagannath, he put the golden, uh, he got the Nilam Barheta, Sachi, Sachi Manas, the father, Nilam Barachakra, he did the, and he had the golden spoon with the honey on there, and he put on the tongue of the, of the, of the child to awaken the senses of the baby. But one day, the next day, one day old baby, so that is called Jatakam. And uh, so you can do many things here. You can have a very elaborate one also. Jagya everything, and then uh, the father was doing that. Uh, the breathing of the pranam, touching the earth, mantras, or <laughs> so many things you can do. So, uh, um, and, so and then uh, also the, the name is given, but that's like a secret name. Later, Nankarna, which is another ceremony, and you give the name, or there's a name according to the chart uh, calculation. What are the best name according to the moon? So, uh, I was just sitting in the class in, uh, in Canberra, uh, like that. So, uh, all different samskaras are meant to purify our existence, to have a nice, to be, to attract a nice entity to come in the womb and then to the child born and to purify the situation. Uh, and so, they had gone there uh, to practice tapasya, to the holy place, the holy place, become purified, and, and, and to follow the order of their father. They were very gentle boys and they're very obedient to the father. In the Kali Yuga we don't find that so much anymore. <laughs> they go against the father, they go against the parents. 
you know. Uh, so, but they, they, those boys were very gentle, and, and they, they were following the order of the father. But Narabuni, he is always travelling everywhere. He's renunciate. He's also brahmachari. And so he was thinking that these boys are practicing so much tapasya, taking all this effort, that why go back into the two life? Go, why not go in the other way? Go out. <laughs> so he thought like that. So uh, very uh, uh, cleverly he went there. Uh, so they had been ordered to increase the population, to, to perform severe austerities, fulfill the desire. One day the great sage, um, he saw them performing very nice, fine austerities. And, and so he approached them. Uh, and, and then he gives this very, uh, and we'll read more about this uh, story, the uh, allegorical story of the, uh, uh, you have not seen the extremities of the earth, and we'll, if we can read about this, I'll give class tomorrow or something, we can read about the meaning of Narayana's uh, analogy and the allegorical presentation of his points here. There's a woman who's extremely unhappy, there's a, a hole from which Having entered, no one emerges. What this actually means, you know, in a kind of a, 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 a code type, a code type presentation. Uh, we, we also saw him, uh, you know, in uh, King Prachinibhaisha. He was telling the story, King Puranjana. Uh, so Narayana, from time to time, does that. He tells a story that's uh, not exactly of the person, but like the person. So, and uh, so he's, he's saying like that, and and. Uh, one should uh, is uh, discouraging them to go into the family life. Uh, why, why they should follow their father's order? Normally, you know, this was now Narad Muni uh, probably uh, you know obviously is well aware that he's going against the order of the father, and uh, the father would not be very happy at all that he's told his sons to go and prepare themselves to increase the population. And he's going against it. Uh, so, but for the higher cause, uh, it is allowable to do like that. Devashi Bhutapinam Kitabha, Devashi Bhutapinam Pikinam, I think of an eye. Rinicharajan, Sarvatmaya, Sadanam Sadanam Gotomukundam Pantipikaratam. Uh, you know, one who has given up all material duties and has taken full shelter of the lotus feet of Mukunda. Who offers shelter to all is not indebted to the demigods, great sages, ordinary living beings, relatives, friends, mankind, or even one's forefathers who have passed away. Everyone is part and parcel of the Supreme Lord. One who has surrendered the Lord's service has no need to serve such persons separately. So normally, you know, following the order of the Father, especially in the Vedic culture, is very, very important. One should respect the parents, one should respect the forefathers, one should respect the devas, as mentioned here, great sages, other relatives, all living beings, actually. We're so indebted, as soon as we take birth, uh, we're indebted. And so here, Narayana was saying to go against all that. So this is a very uh, 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 drastic instruction, radical instruction. But because it's for the higher purpose, just like we told the story of Lord Chaitanya on Gopanin. Now, he was a Grihasta. His elder brother had left home taking Sanya, so uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, so he took, he became married, and his first wife, Lakshmi Priya, she died early. So his, uh, his mother asked him to marry again, he married again, but then at some point he said that I have to, I want to take the Sanyas now, so he left home. And, uh, 
but he, uh, and the prophet explains for the bigger service of the world, he gave up the smaller service of the family. Normally, one is very obliged, and one irresponsibly gives up that service and duty, and then uh, one uh, that is not very good, and one gets reactions for doing that. But if it's for a higher service, a greater cause, and authorized by great personalities, then uh, the higher purpose, the smaller purpose, is served by the higher purpose. Purpose ultimately, ultimately. So uh, 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 Narayana was preaching in this way to them, and they actually uh, were, t- were turned uh, by Narayana. Uh, and uh, it is mentioned here that uh, the Prabhupada actually uh, quotes from the Prahlad Maharaj that going into the family life, it is, it is. Uh, because of the, uh, uh, we have accepted a temporary body, material body, just as soon as we accept the body, even just our own bodies give us trouble. And uh, I want to speak of you, you get married and then there's children, and everything becomes very complicated. And here, actually, Prahlad Maharaj, he quotes Prahlad Maharaj, he said, one is always full of anxiety. Just the fact that you've got a material body. As soon as you get a material body, you're going to be in anxiety. Because we're the spirit soul, we're eternal, all of a sudden you've got a temporary material body that's going to, it's created, it's going to go for some time, then it's going to degenerate. So immediately, uh, it's anxiety. You cannot avoid anxiety. Uh, so uh, here it is said that if one is his own body that's causing anxiety, then there's so many others to think about, and the whole society, everything like that, everything, as I said, becomes complicated and, and, and it becomes like a, uh, a very dark well that once you're going in there you can't get out. If you fall in the dark well, uh, a very deep dark well, and I think this is uh, what another uh, really means by the hole which is one enters and then can never get out, it's very hard to get out of it, very very hard to get out. So why go in? Uh, of course when you go in, if you practice the Krishna consciousness then you can be very exalted. But uh, if you just go in without Krishna content, and if you can avoid going in altogether, if one is inclined like that, and they've got the nature like that, the ability like that, then Narayana is preaching to them, and very powerful, strong preacher, and they returned them, and then they gave up the idea. They, they gave up the idea. So that would have been radical for the sons to do that, especially, as I said, in the Vedic times. They were generally the sons, and they were very obedient to the father. The father said something, uh, they would follow it. Uh, so it would be very radical for the sons to do that, so they did it anyway because of the order and the preaching of Narayana. And even for Narayana to preach like that, quite radical, but Narayana uh, preaching a higher purpose, took, undertook that. And not only once, he did it twice <laughs> with the second sons as well. So uh, we'll read more about that as uh, we go through this particular chapter of the Srimabhagavata. So, Hare Krishna, thank you very much. Does anyone have any uh, question or comment in regard to? Uh, been explaining uh, these verses from the Bhagavata. Any comments, questions? Yes, Pastor. What was the intention of Daksha uh, when he manifested Maha and Shakti? Was uh, his intention that he would become a, you know, pr- uh, propagate the population also, or how did that come about? Well, as I explained in that story, 
that Brahma was worried uh, that uh, uh, Shiva, uh, Lord Shiva, was a, uh, a yogi practicing tapasya and yogi and wasn't inclined and, uh, and was. Um, there was one instant incident where the leaders were. Um, <clears throat> oh, there's, oh, there's another colliery story about Karmadev exercising his power on the leaders of the uh, universe and created a, a girl by the name of Sandhya. And, uh, <coughs> and all of them became attracted so, uh, to her and he wanted to test his powers. So all of them became attracted. So Lord Shiva was criticizing how all these leaders could be attracted and just to see the power of being attracted in this way. So he was criticizing. So Lord Brahma being entrusted with increasing the population. Uh, so those leaders become a little fearful of Lord Shiva. And so it's going to be a prob problematic, especially the great Lord Shiva is going to be speaking out against it. So therefore, they, they, he thought that it would be the only Mahashakti, Parashakti descendant could come and, 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 and be married to Lord Shiva. And then maybe Lord Shiva, becoming married himself, couldn't really speak against being married. <laughs> So that was that was the idea that, uh, that, that and she agreed to it. Of course, they were eternally husband and wife. So uh, and it was that kind of a leader in the you know. Yes. Thank you for the class. Um, it's not in connection with this, but I was just wondering if you could suggest something. How can we get rid of the mentality of just when we are chanting, just finishing our rounds? The, um, just getting them over with. <laughs> you know, Prabhupada, one time he, 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 he jogged, you know, some, you know, some devotees, you know, they're thinking that, uh, he, he put his beads down after doing the jump and he said that, he just gave him and he said, ah, oh, there you go. Oh, now I've finished my round. Now I can do any damn thing. <laughs> So he was, some disciples were in the room, so he was just illustrating, just in a graphic way. <laughs> some disciples are thinking like that. Uh, yeah, just to get around it, then I can do any damn thing. <laughs> but then he preached against it. No, we shouldn't have this. You know, uh, one has to develop uh, love and devotion. Uh, so uh, then by, uh, by practicing the princip uh, principles of Krishna and hearing what is the, uh, uh, the means of the chain, you know, especially uh, Shikshashtakam, we were giving a class the other day in regard that if one has to always chant and to be able to always be chanting and develop love and devotion in the chanting, then a Lord Chaitanya, this was a, 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 the statement of uh, Sanatana Goswami and also uh, Krishna Kaviraj and Chaitanya Charamani says this, one has to always remember this verse given by Lord Chaitanya. Uh, one should think oneself lower than the straw in the street, more time than the street, avoid all sense of false prestige, and ready to offer all respects to others. So this this verse, especially this verse from Shikrakshan, uh, Sanat Goshrami and Krishna should be worn like a necklace around one's neck. And if one always remains very humble and tolerant and forbearing while chanting, then you can continue to chant, you can chant continuously, but always remembering this, but always remain humble 
and then gradually, gradually, one to two, you won't feel like you'll just get the grounds out of the way and then I can do any damn thing. You won't have that type of attitude. But you know, that means your chanting is, if one is thinking like that, then that means your chanting is not very pure. And uh, maybe also, uh, you may be committing offences and you're losing your taste for chanting. Uh, maybe you started off with enthusiasm and, uh, and then you're losing your taste. So that's sometimes the result of offences in the chanting and offences to the Vaishnava, many types of offences. So one should be very careful and examine themselves. If you're losing your taste, that is generally offence. This is explained by the Acharyas, that uh, the, 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 the taste of chanting goes down and because of offence. So one has to be careful. <laughs> Uh, any further questions? Yes. Yes, uh, we see that Daksha was interested to populate and uh, as a service. And Narada Muni is also representative of the Supreme Lord. Now, these two, two people are fighting for the resources to do the service. How do you avoid the conflict in solving the resource management? Very humble. Now, the thing is, in service, uh, yes, everyone has their service to do, but we also should recognize that some service uh, is more important than other service. All service is important, but some service has to uh, give way to other service. The grand plan. Uh, some, while some of you may have a service that needs to be done, but at the moment another service has to be done that uh, is at this point in time more important than this other service. So uh, if you're always Trinata Peace and you're always very humble, but you'll understand, yes, well, uh, Prabhu has to do this service, so therefore my service can be done. Or, 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 or the resources, well, uh, let's see which is, uh, should be given the priority. If the resources are limited, let's see which one is given the priority, or if uh, you work together, you get some uh, resource now, I get some resource later, like that. You can work together if you remain humble. But if you're puffed up, then you, know, you can go into the duck, duck shed. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Who do you think you are coming here and taking these resources? These resources are meant for my service. And, uh, I, I was telling the story the other morning about Chandidas, you know, there's a very famous story Chandi was known Chandidas. But Chandidas originally was a, he was the devotee of Chandi, uh, the fierce form of uh, Durgadevi. But his brother was a Vaishnava, and a very uh, poor, but very poor, but a very devoted Vaishnava. Uh, and he was worshipping the Lord, and at one, one time he couldn't get any flowers, but his brother, Chandi, uh, was uh, very rich and he had a field of field flowers and he was worshipping Chandi. So his brother went over there one time to get some flowers for the worship of Lord Vishnu. So Chandi found it and came to uh, How dare you? Like that. How dare you? Think these are for Chandi, this is mine. And he chastised his brother very severely. Uh, he had a, a dream that night that Chandi Betty herself came and chastised very heavily. You know, why are you chastising your brother like that? He's, uh, he, he is worshipping my master. Oh, and he was very sorry and he put him back in the dreams like this. And 
said, well, maybe I should also worship Moses. Yes, I'll be very happy. Here's my He turned from Chandi Bhaktas, Shakti Bhakta, to by Bhakta Vaishnava. So, uh, yeah, so he was like that with his brother. So, you know, if we had pride, out of whatever, you can become very heavy. And uh, you can do uh, things that you're going to later regret. Uh, especially if you're a devotee, you're going to regret, or if you don't regret, that's even worse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you regret. And, and, and we see in that show, when he got to God's head, he regretted. He had an awakening, an epiphany. Oh, I've done a very bad thing. And he prayed to Lord Shiva. And so that's good that you do like that. But he did like that, and then he was all right. But then later on, now he cursed, he cursed Narayana. Again, he did. So yeah, pride always creeps up, you know, creeps up. You know, pride and you do out of pride again. Because of feeling frustrated, he's doing all this progeny, and then Narayana is taking away the thing. So in one sense, you know. But we should never forget. He is the great duck. He is a very exalted soul. So this is. Once in a while, these things happen, but in a very dramatic way. In a very dramatic way, and we can learn all sorts of things from these uh, uh, stories. All right, thank you very much. Jai Sampropa Ki Gautamandi. <laughs>